winners, the people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. As they travel past the 600 metre mark, it's my best effort. A neck in front of Arwanichi. Kravitz is two lengths back in third spot, travelling well, and they're followed by Howie Harry going forward. Well back, best guess, American Genius and Era Cobra. On towards the home turn now, they've got about 250 metres left to go. It's my best effort, the inside. Arwanichi's on the outside. Kravitz is joining in, and so is High Harry on the outside. It's Arwanichi in front. High Harry the outside. My best effort. High Harry reached the lead, close to home. High Harry got the money, beat Arwanichi, third my best effort, then Kravitz, best guest American Genius and Aero Cobra last of all. That was High Harry winning at Emerald on Saturday as we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab. Looking back at a wonderful weekend in Emerald, they had a good day at Pioneer Park for the races where Olivia Kendall and Talia Fenlon each rode a double and then we all lined up glammed up, ready for the uh, 2022, or in fact it was looking back at the 2021 season of the Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards. We're going to spend a bit of time this morning taking you through all of the uh, the winners who uh, were honoured there at the big night on Saturday night and also look back at the uh, Dolby meeting on the weekend where the Cannonball Flying was the feature taken out by Fairfella for Olivia Webb and Matt Crop. Amanda Park with a training double at that program. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it to the awards on Saturday night, but I know he was there in spirit and certainly enjoyed catching up with all of the news of those who had been honoured on Saturday evening. Rob Luck is back with us on Bushbeat this morning. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony, but I know quite well you would have filled in admirably and uh, taken my place or added to it for that wonderful weekend, and it looked a wonderful weekend. And, Tony, that race that you just replayed, what a significant race to comment on for the meeting that coincided with the Emerald uh, Awards night because High Harry for Christy Clark Peoples and oh, well, Justin Stanley, look, you've got the top provincial jockey in Queensland coming around and, and winning on the horse, but second in Aroma Cup, third in the Country Cups final. Arwanichi, uh, I think it was second in the Country Stampede, Raymond Williams and Rick McMahon, and we'll hear about Rick McMahon in the awards as well. And uh, my best effort for David Reynolds, who was the uh, the trainer of Rather Salubrious, winning the Country Cups, and young Alicia Donnell, young apprentice on the way up. What a great uh, result there to uh, epitomise, if you like, the whole weekend of awarding uh, country uh, nominees and uh, and recipients. The standard of that race and a significant win for High Harry, being out of the winner's circle uh, for some time, but been ever consistent for Christy Clark Peoples in the recent months. So I just thought it was very fitting to see that result uh, featured first up on the show. Mentioning Justin Stanley, he did ride a winner at the uh, program at Emerald on Saturday. Great to see Judd in town, but what a day he had uh, this time last week. Uh, the Bowen meeting uh, tab card was transferred from Sunday through to Tuesday. The track raced beautifully. I was working last Tuesday afternoon and just watching a masterclass from Jay Stanley. He was a dollar and two in the Jockey's Challenge with Tab. And there was all very good reason. Eight rides for five winners, two for Clinton Taylor, two for Olivia Cairns. And of his other three rides, he rode a second, so he picked up points there in the Jockey Challenge, but also a fourth and a sixth. So six of his uh, eight rides ended up with points in the Jockey Challenge, probably justifying his dollar and two quote. And as well, Tony McMahon as well documented the Justin Stanley story, the amount of travel he does and, you know, turns up at Emerald on the Saturday. I'm, I'm assuming he may have been at the awards night, Tony, but not being there, I'm not sure. But um, And it was, a, it was a great winning ride also. And you could see him and Rick McMahon 
two very top jockeys that we're blessed with uh, to be in the provincial and country areas. Uh, well done to you, Justin. Great to see you at Emerald uh, with that win on the weekend. It was uh, a really enjoyable evening, and we're going to go through the awards in a little detail this morning. Uh, but before we do that and look back at that, we might, uh, while we're looking at that Emerald program, and just make mention of the, uh, the winners there. I've touched on the fact that we had doubles going out to Olivia Kendall and uh, Talia Fenlon, who are each uh, at the awards there on uh, Saturday evening. And one of those uh, winning rides for Talia was this one with guest caller Darren Walker. They run to the point of the corner. Tavi McBride leads into the home straight at the 200-metre point, out by a length and a half. Prince of Venice is trying hard with no innuendo out on the outside under his big weight. He's coming. Tavi McBride's got a kick. He's a length in front. No innuendo trying to get to him, but Tavi McBride will lead all of the way. Tavi McBride by a length and a half to two, clear from no innuendo. Prince of Venice third, then Lady Snitch from Let's Talk a Deal. Last runner to get home in the event was Happy Frank. The Thangil Race Club had had a big crew in town for the awards on Saturday night, Rob, and amongst them was their race caller, Darren Walker, and uh, he stepped up for a, a guest call there and was able to bring us that benchmark 51 by Tavi McBride. Good uh, warm-up for you, Darren, getting ready for Thangul's tab meeting, which is coming up their very first one on Monday, 28th of February. They will certainly be looking forward to that, and the club again on the way up and uh, doing great things. And and that ride by Talia Fenlon epitomises that front-running ability and judging pace. They, they went fairly uh, farcically slow earlier, I thought, from what I remember watching this race. And Jared Wheelay doing a great job with Tavig McBride. Uh, four wins now from 39. He came off a fourth at Rocky last start. No innuendo. First starter for Mark Oates and Jason Misson, one of the few to make up that ground with the big weight of 65 kilos. Watch out for him during the season and Prince of Venice. But front-running right again, and it, it shone through in the next race, the race-to-race double for Talia, because Nick Walsh taking over the training of Dark Archer for Clary Herman, of course... Uh, uh, Bolenti was the horse that he uh, shot to fame with, if you like, in the uh, sense of taking that over for Clary. And we all know his record. Well, Dark Archer first up this Golden Archer. And I don't think I've ever seen Dark Archer lead in a race, but it led and won easily for Talia over Emma's Jet and Keller's uh, Shelter. So I think in for a good campaign there for um, Nick Walsh uh, with Dark Archer. Maybe the true ability for this Golden Archer is going to come through. And... Uh, doubles were the order of the day for these young apprentices because Olivia Kendall, David Reynolds, Zacharina, and look, I remember seeing this race because uh, sheer success looked like it had it won. It and Flaming Asteroid were first and second on the turn, but Zach, uh, Zakira just motored home in the last 50 metres and was going away to win from sheer success and Flaming Asteroid, a pride of Dubai for David Reynolds. And later on, uh, Olivia Kendall booted home for the Queen of Emerald, Glenda Bell, all native. Three from four at the track, and it started at $6. I can't believe those odds for a horse that loves the track. The All-American defeating Master Richard and Carino. Uh, Jade uh, Doolan ride for Glenda Bell. Glenda getting first and third, and another placing for Jade Doolan, seeking that elusive first win as an apprentice. And Rick McMahon, of course, uh, we're going to feature Rick a little bit later in the awards, but a Whittington Galloper having its first start for Todd Austin. London Ruler wrapped up the program coming off some provincial country New South Wales form. And it, it won very impressively over Bitter Grey Magic and Purposeful Miss. And, and well done, the Emerald Jockey Club, because there's been a few issues, of course, occurring with previous meetings. Went off without a hitch from what I could observe, uh, Tony. Great to see when you've got that Sky Channel coverage uh, that the meeting runs so well. And, uh, of course, Scotty Power has always brilliant calling. 
Let's look also at the Dolby program on the weekend while we're checking out the race results. Of course, through the week, uh, as I mentioned, we had that Bowen meeting transferred from Sunday through to uh, the uh, the Tuesday and acknowledging Justin Stanley's uh, wins there. And as I mentioned, a double for Olivia Cairns and Clinton Taylor. The other tab meeting through the week was at Cairns on Friday. Stephen Wilson and Kristen Swaffer uh, riding doubles at that program and Kristen's two were for trainer Trevor Rowe. Uh, but the only other meetings that were on besides Emerald, or the only other meeting, was the Dolby Northern Downs Jockey Club for their Cannonball Flying at Bunya Park on Saturday. Yeah, and Amanda Park, trainer Amanda Park, based out in Oakey, uh, a double on the day. Firstly, with the spirit of Boom Mare, my girl spirit, Kenji Yoshida, taking the maiden plate over the 1,000 metres over Sir Slew and Madam Tess. I don't see Amanda's name too often. I'm pretty sure partner of Matty Park, but I, I do get these things wrong in my old age. Um, she finished the meeting with a Voca. And Gemma still continuing this little comeback after having a little bit of a hiccup there from the previous comeback. Another good winning ride for Gemma for Amanda on Avoca uh, over Seeking Guidance. And this is the tickets. Now, this one's in good form. Two wins, three placings. It's last five with Kahiko into uh, third place. Other um, results coming out. Good to see Paul Randall back after a suspension enforced absence. And he combined with Rob Bowen with wide load to Capiro to take out the Class B over the waiting man and big talk. And uh, this meeting um, also featured a split cutest benchmark 50 handicap due to the nominations. Fantastic to see. And the cutest money went off. Kim Afford team going extremely well. We often report with Kim in uh, Wandai, Gimpy, Bundaberg on those sort of tracks. But uh, out there on the weekend, Love Your Blue, the Love Conquers All six-year-old uh, with Chris Taylor on board, defeated Tinder and Appoint the Wagon, and they were all cutest earners. As well in the second division, all cutest earners when Cota Flyer for Leonard Morn. Now, this was a Will Loudon horse originally, now with Leonard Morn. A real saga seven-year-old, defeating Misery Miss for Ducky Baker and Rural Rebel for Amanda Park. So Amanda had a good day out with the double and placings. But I must mention the Cannonball Flying Open Handicap, Tony, the 1,000-metre race. Now, we often talk about horses being prepared for Battle of the Bushes and Stampedes. I mean, we, we did sort of mention early in the year last year, VJ Day was the likely uh, one Tycoon Thunder. They were all headed that way, and, of course, VJ Day went on to win. But here's a horse I just wonder if Matt Crop is targeting towards the Battle of the Bush. Fair fella, Olivia Webb, claim three. So bought the weight in nicely at 56 and a half for this Tycoon Ruler. It's won eight of 17, but three wins, two seconds, it's last five. It's in really good form. And, of course, these wins just uh, rack up those five non-TAB requirements that these horses require to get into finals. Now, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, uh, Matty Crop, if you're listening, but I just wonder if Fair Fella is headed that way. And it defeated Moschini by five lengths in the cannonball flying. General Nelson into third. And uh, I think it's one to follow in that area and, of course, uh, future races down the track for Fair Fella. When you've got a horse in that form, strike while the iron's hot and Matty Crop doing a great job with the team, Tony. That takes care of the racing from the uh, the weekend. Just before we move into the award winners, a quick look at what's happening through the week. Uh, Lockyer Valley Turf Club racing Thursday at Gatton. A tab program also Friday at Rockhampton. Saturday, Townsville host a tab program at Cluden. And unfortunately, they'll be patron-free, but they will still be racing Marilla Cup Day for the Miles and District Amateur Picnic Race Club at the crossroads there at Miles on Saturday. As well, uh, Saturday racing at Nanango. And a quick glance looking ahead, Saturday week, the 19th, Texas Cup Day. Uh, that's also the weekend, uh, Rob, of the Kangaroo Island Race Carnival 
that we've been following in South Australia with uh, all of the action coming through there Thursday the 17th and Saturday the 19th. We're also going to be uh, following with great interest these cutest dual qualifiers. We've got three-year-old heats coming up on Friday the 18th at Cairns and on Saturday the 26th at Mackay. There are some two-year-old heats that uh, week leading up to that Mackay race as a two-year-old dual qualifier at Townsville on Tuesday the 22nd and at Rockhampton on Friday the 25th. And on that 26th of February, that's Saturday, it's Port of Brisbane Cup Day for Gun to Windy. There's also meetings at Atherton, Blackhall and Mad Isa. And not forgetting that tab meeting for Thangul coming up on Monday the 28th. So that's a quick check on what's coming up on the calendar for the month of February. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Well, we like acknowledging the winners on Bushbeat, Rob. And uh, this week, uh, it's not so much uh, those equine winners. There's a couple that we can mention, but we're going to go through uh, those that were honoured on Saturday night at the uh, 2021 Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards in Emerald. I guess the easiest thing to do is start at the top of the run sheet and work our way through. Yeah, of course, the uh, the first award that went off was the Outstanding Contribution to Country Racing Club Person, Volunteer of the Year. And, Tony, apart from the um, Hall of Fame, I've got a feeling this is one of the hardest uh, awards to win when you consider there are 16 nominees. We won't go through all the nominees. Uh, but congratulations, Leanne Gudge. And, of course, uh, Leanne with the Burdekin Race Club has had a massive role with that particular club. And the amount of work, when you, when you look at this, you're talking about a person who's got a normal life as well as being a wife, a mother, a grandmother, holds down two jobs. But right from 1995, when she was elected as treasurer in the AGM in 1996, she stayed in that, role, in, in that job and then took on the role of secretary in 2001. Now, she's described as the backbone of the Burdekin Race Club, and I think this is pretty applicable to many people in this role but it's the amount of jobs that get done, the number of grants, organising staff, making sure race days work. And the key thing about this club, I can remember with Bushbeat going back to 17 years, this Burdekin Growers Race Day has been a feature of this show that we've talked about. And it's kept this club going from strength to strength over the last 23 years. The crowds continue to grow. They come from a mile away. Tony, I'm pretty sure this is the one where they have baskets of fruit that they hand out to people on the way out from the the race day. That's the one. Yeah, I was talking to Leanne at the end of the night and uh, and getting some of the the info there. Now, forgive me if I get the numbers wrong. Six ton or six ton metric ton of produce is handed out on the day. I'm sure it was some ridiculous number like that. Yep. You're sort of thinking, you know, oh, it's a handful of hampers. Or, you know, hey, have a fruit basket or something like that. No, it's literally cartons and cartons and cartons that gets handed out through the afternoon. Of course, it's one of those main growing areas in that uh, home hill area. And, and, and I think that, that signifies these clubs that are going from strength to strength. They build and build their big days. And this is a huge day. And it's been the strength of that club. It's taken them from a dire economic situation to a very strong financial position. She's uh, got multiple grants, as we often hear with people in these awards. Uh, gone uh, in terms of stall, saddling enclosure, um, reconditioned set of barriers to replace the worn-out ones and in, in the process of upgrading the running rail as well as a total track renovation. As I said at the beginning, these people are doing this in their spare time because uh, they're running uh, 
work. They've got two jobs going in Leanne's case, a wife, a mother and a grandmother. We all know how, how much time that takes up. Mm. Leanne, very worthy winner. Leanne Gudge, of course, winning that outstanding contribution to Country Racing Club Person Volunteer of the Year. And we're going to hear more about the Burdekin Race Club as we go on this morning. We're going, just going to mention here, Rob, the uh, 16 nominees that were in that uh, that volunteer or club person of the year. And uh, for those that know uh, some of the folk that are out and about in the racing circles, you'll know some of these names from near, wide and far, whether it's the, the northwest of the state with the likes of Jay Morris uh, or someone like, uh, for example, Scott Power in central Queensland, your good self, was nominated in that award. Uh, as was uh, Helen Morton from uh, Longreach. But names like Neil Brunkhorst, Jeff Olive, Sue Hammer, Jan Chambers, Roxanne Weston for her work with photography, uh, David Woodhouse, Kylie Wellburn, Helen Morton, I mentioned, Edwina Devine, Anita Lee, Jeffrey, uh, Jenny Felix and uh, Alan Wellburn from Queensland Country Life who we're hoping to have on the show this morning but we can't get, him, get through to him because he was also nominated there and he was absolutely thrilled uh, for you know, a journo, as he said, you know, I'm just doing my job, I'm just writing the news. And uh, here I am. I've been uh, put in here as well for, for my articles that go in the Queensland Country Life and North Queensland Register. It's just uh, such a cross-section of country racing. And uh, as the, the award category stated, we were talking about these last year when they first announced the nominations. It goes to a club member uh, or official or uh, a racing person who demonstrates exceptional dedication in supporting country racing through their role or position. They may have enhanced their local race club, but uh, uh, certainly they go above and beyond. They perform above normal expectations of what their role or position asks of them. Yeah, definite ca uh, case for every one of those nominees. And as I said at the beginning, I think it's one of the hardest ones to try and pick up the award for. So again, congratulations to Leanne uh, there for that particular award. And then you moved on to the non-TAB race meeting of the year that was uh, presented by the member for Gregory, Lachlan Miller. And I was really pleased to see, uh, I'll let you go through the nominees shortly, but the joint winners that came out here, two race clubs, Middlemount, now... When we talk Middlemount and Bushbeat, we, we know this is a very significant meeting that you talk about with the Middlemount Cup race day. Not only do they value add with $13,000 being added to Racing Queensland, they're another club that attracts jockeys with giving $80 per ride to jockeys throughout the day, $50 travel rebate for horses that didn't earn prize money. They know the importance of getting people there. They know the importance of building the race day around their town where their town benefits from a accommodation, restaurants, cafes, all, all the eateries, they all benefit. But as well, we know this is the wow factor of the Middlemount Cup, the Dashown race with its Calcutta raising funds for the CQ Rescue helicopter. And this year, 5,000 raised and close to 60,000 raised from this event in previous years by the Middlemount Race, uh, race Day Dashown race. We've reported on this every year, so very fitting to see. They were a joint winner, and you'd think, well, how do you, how do you equal that? Well, you go to a club like Junda, which at one point, I think a lot of trainers were at the stage where they wondered whether they wanted to race at Junda. The track was so hard, horses were breaking down, and, and that's not being derogatory to the club. But under young Dan Pittman and his wife Marie and the committee, they have really rebuilt this club. And they had two, they had two race meetings three weeks apart this year, and, and I remember getting to this, and they painted the place pink, the Baku Spring Fling. Their best work yet, it's described that. They had a three-day weekend. It brought together not only racing, but it brought the Outback Barrels um, competition. And they raised in excess of 5000 for the local charity Western Breast Cancer Group. There's that 
connection of racing to your community and helping others. Uh, they did things like putting on a free meal at the end of the day. So everyone had that family meal effect that you get, that country hospitality. Uh, they made sure that sprint racing had $7,000, 6000 for barrel racing, 5000 for the fashion of the field. They've done tremendous work in terms of facilities for their jockey complex that's been established there. Gardens have been improved. So this club is going to go from strength to strength, and it's only a small club in a small town, but again, it understands that significance of building within their community and uh, getting everyone on board. So a big effort for a small club, uh, really starting out under a new committee. But Dan Pittman and your crew, uh, extremely well done. Joint winner with the Middlemount Cup Day for the non-tab race meeting of the year award, Tony. Rob, I was lucky enough to uh, have the pleasure of uh, sitting at the uh, the Calcutta function on the uh, the Friday night at the Maribyrn Tavern and uh, was sharing a table with the Junda crew and uh, spent a great deal of time having a chat about their club and learning more about racing in the northwest like that they were just thrilled to be thought of and be nominated and included in something like that how does a little old club like ours get up here with some of the big boys dan was saying and i said don't worry what what you're doing is fantastic and again uh, we had 10 nominees in there once the voting had gone through the discussion was amongst the committee well we can't split this pair and then a few of us said well why can't we announce joint winners they're both worthy of being acknowledged as were all of the nominations let me just run through the 10 nominations there in this category the uh, non-tab race meeting of the year uh, is awarded to the meeting that best demonstrates what's great about country racing, but also sets a model standard for other clubs to aspire to, and most importantly, further enhances the standard of country racing. It's not just all about crowd size or the size of your race fields or uh, the prize money increase that you've had. It also factors in significance to the local community and the economy. And again, that wow factor that comes along, like you were mentioning there, with the money they raise for CQ Rescue Helicopter at Middlemount. So along with Middlemount Cup Day and Junda Cup Day, others that were nominated included Dingo Cup Race Day, uh, the Caulfield Cup Race Day they hold at Maranoa Diggers at Mitchell, their once-a-year meeting, the Saddles and Paddles Race Day at Gregory Downs, uh, the Ewan Cup Saturday meeting, Bundaberg Cup Day, Ben Bolt Cup Day at Bowen, the Burdick and Growers Race Day, which we've touched on, and also Stanthorpe Cup Day. Any one of those 10 was a very worthy winner, and I hope that uh, the clubs don't look at that and say, oh, we missed out, we won't bother again. Keep nominating every year, folks, because you do wonderful things out in your community and for country racing. Exactly, Tony, and they've cemented their place in the country racing calendars as, as we continually report on Bushbeat, and you just keep hearing these names coming through. You know, I mean, you mentioned Dingo, and, of course, the Dingo Trap Throwing Competition. There's another iconic feature of a country meeting. Yeah. And then, then you had the TAB Race Meeting of the Year Award sponsored by Cullen Lawyers. And that, we had two nominees here, Whit Sunday Cup and Ewan Cup for the Friday. And that was their first uh, attempt at the uh, TAB. And the winner was the Whit Sunday Cup. And this is the Bowen Race Club. And of course, everyone thinks of Bowen, of the Bowen Cup Day as a big day. But this was the Whit Sunday Cup on the uh, 5th of June 2021 and again it links in with a big Calcutta gala that they uh, ensure happened on the Friday night there was uh, the, the cup attracting 1500 uh, punters TAB race day as I mentioned showcasing six country tab races over 72,000 in prize money and it, it was a it was the start of the Bowen Club, if you like, getting to that TAB status. And, of course, we we report on that uh, racing uh, with the uh, change date the other day with Bowen. But this um, Whit Sunday Cup, it, 
it's a bigger community because when you start talking about Whit Sunday, you're not just talking Bowen. You're talking Bowen and Collinsvale to the north, Proserpine, Airlie Beach, Cannonvale to the south. It brings a whole area together and it unites these regional communities and, and it gives them the ownership that goes with it. And you get the sponsorship going right across the board in that community. Uh, and, of course, as with these big days, corporate marquees, pick-a-winner competitions, jumping castles for kids and so on, and you're getting all the nominations coming from a wide, far area in the in the north there. And as I mentioned earlier, they have this Gal- Calcutta Gala for the community to celebrate on the evening prior to it. And, uh, look, they got 150 people going to that as well as then turning up the next day. And, and of course, at that they had uh, special guests, Brent Tate, Malcolm Johnson and Billy Moore uh, being there. So, again, Bowen continues to build this, even though it's now moved to a TAB status, it continues to build uh, another feature uh, day on their calendar. And in this case, the Whit Sunday Cup. Not the Bowen Cup that we all know about, but the Whit Sunday Cup, and it's going to go from strength to strength, Tony. Rob, we had uh, three nominees for the non-tab race of the year award. This wasn't for specifically a cup. It wasn't for specifically a big race day like the Burdekin Growers or or something like Dingo Cup Day or something like that. It gave anyone the opportunity to be able to nominate a race that was significant to the year of country racing. And a perfect example of that was the Oak Tree Class B at Gundawindi. Now, it didn't win the award, and people would say what was significant about that. I'm sure when we remind everybody of the story of Fitzroy Boy, the horse that uh, had his throat slashed almost as deep as the esophagus uh, but uh, in that horrific act at Gundawindi, the uh, owners were able to nurse Fitzroy Boy back to health he came out and won. They didn't know that he'd even raced the game, but he came out and won at Gundawindi that day and just about brought the entire crowd to tears. That was a significant race, but uh, it missed out to uh, the Burdekin Cup, which actually won. And uh, the other one that was nominated there was the We Three Group Open Handicap at Bowen. It was great to see the uh, diversity in those kind of races, but that was the, the beauty of that sort of award. It wasn't for specifically a big flashy cup or the great sprint or somebody's new market or something like that. You could nominate basically any race of the year. And again, this home hill comes to the feet, uh, to the fore here with the Burdigan Cup and the great story behind it with the Gudge family trying to do what many people love to be able to do, win their hometown cup and been trying for many, many years um, uh, to do this. Uh, they'd won a Bowen Cup with Appealing Kingdom in previous uh, October, so they were hoping to be getting into this uh, Burdekin Cup and getting the win. And a, and a great story behind it because the horse that they ended up buying, they actually thought they were buying another one, Keely Sun, accidentally bid on the wrong lot in the English online sale and ended up with Rebel Lake that they call Wilson uh, from the Mick Price table, 3750 and uh, this was a good story too because he won his maiden in Townsville by five lengths and uh, ran some great seconds twice in Townsville, barrister margins. And here he is t- turning up as a class one horse ridden by Scotty Sheargold and the dream comes true with a benchmark 70 win in the Burdigan Cup as a class one horse. And he's he'd matured into a lovely star. And of course, great ride Scotty uh, Sheargold getting his first uh, winner of the Burdigan Cup. So I just love the fact that that story brings that dream. It's like that watching that movie the other day, uh, The Dream Horse or whatever it was I finally watched um, and it just shows the beauty of racing and to be able to win your hometown cup uh, good work there for the Gudge family and great Ricky Gudge, the Burdekin Race Club president could accept it uh, on behalf of the Burdekin Race Club 
Rob, uh, Jimmy Cassidy, uh, the uh, the great pumper, has been a part of the award since its inception four years ago. The last couple of years, Jim's been unable to travel with the COVID restrictions and whatnot and was able to uh, dial in on a Zoom meeting to join the 280-strong crowd there at the Emerald Town Hall on Saturday night to present the uh, Pumper's Ride of the Year Award. This was one that we had talked about last year, and I know you and I each had odds a favourite. Odds on favourite. Odds on favourite. <laughs> well, the odds on favourite did get up. The nominees included Chris Mann for his ride on Credenza at back in September, Scotty Sheargold on Keely Sun at Home Hill in June, Anna Bakos on Nick the Skip at Charleville in August, Amanda Thompson on Breakdowns uh, at Richmond in October, but I think everyone's favourite was John Rudd's ride on Atiaf uh, at Roma back on uh, August 21st last year. And uh, that was what uh, it led Pumper to, to select that as his ride of the year. As we know, uh, Atiaf ran six of nine, but it was the horsemanship that John showed uh, to be able to help rescue Lily Barr and stop her hitting the sand there at Bassett Park. And that was what Pumper said. You're out there looking out for your, your fellow riders. Uh, you were you know, not too worried at the time uh, of actually you know, worrying about, I've got to win the race at all costs. Uh, it was yeah, making sure that everybody else was OK. And, and Pumper had sent up uh, an autographed copy of his book that he also then wanted to make sure everybody knew it was on sale at all good bookstores. Uh, like Lucky's Books at Barker's News, I'm sure you can get a copy there. But he had actually uh, sent up an autographed copy, which I know that John was very, very touched with and he was absolutely thrilled to accept the award. And he said he didn't remember too much about it. It was all just happening in such a, a short split second. He just basically did it on instinct and everything went from there. But it was a very, very popular win, especially when we were able to screen the video and highlight exactly what John had done in the run. The epitome of sportsmanship in racing, in horse racing, I'd call that, Tony, as you see in other sports where someone helps someone across the line that they felt should have won the race and they make sure they do. Johnny Rudd always looking out for his fellow riders, the epitome of sportsmanship in horse racing. And, and great to see also Jeffrey Felix being presented with a framed uh, photos of his five winners at Perry riding the program on the actual day for that particular award. Mm, and uh, the cat was able to tell the story that he only actually had four rides booked. He was coming back to scale after winning his fourth in a row. And Keith Ballard said to him, I'm not feeling well, mate. Can you ride mine the last? And he said, no, you'll be right, Keithy. Well, Keith did stand down. Jeff picked up the ride and he made it five. So he actually had to pay tribute to Keith, who was there on the night, to say, well, uh, boss, without you, I wouldn't have been able to pick up that five from five on the afternoon. And he was uh, absolutely thrilled to, to pick up that special presentation. One of the other hotly contested awards, Rob, and I, I love this one too, the Newcomer of the Year for an individual in their first year in the industry making a noteworthy start to their career. Uh, it's measured not just by number of wins or feature race wins, but also their contribution to country racing in the calendar year. And that's the thing to stress. The uh, the Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards are for the calendar year of 2021, not for the racing season. And these come from all different walks. I, I know a lot of them are, are seen as jockeys, but even someone like Bonnie Thompson was nominated. People will say, well, Bonnie's been kicking around the races for ages without being unkind. Bonnie's first season as a trainer. Uh, was what she was nominated for. But along with the likes of Stuart Hill, Olivia Kendall, Montana Philpott, Talia Fenlon, Alicia Donald, Jasmine Cornish, Daniel O'Brien, Lily Barr, Jennifer Hatfield, Jake Malloy and Corinne Miles, a dozen nominees. The committee couldn't split them and again we came up with joint winners. Yeah, and one of those names we've already mentioned this morning, Talia Fenlon. Um, I'm sure I mentioned that at Emerald, wasn't it, Tony? That, yeah, yeah right Talia, a double at Emerald. And 25 winners, 158 ride, honour of winning the Racing Queensland Student of the Year Award, which I note the other winner, Jasmine Cornish, who's continuing to boot home winners, 29 winners in 12 months of racing, awarded the honour of winning the Racing Queensland Student of the Year Award. And they have great strike rates, um, 16% um, Jasmine, 20% uh, Talia, 
and of course moving on to that provincial circuit and of course um, in Charlie's case and Jasmine moving down into the northern uh, New South Wales area so great to say, and they're just they're just an example of the depth we've got of these young riders coming through and I'll say it again the young female riders are coming through but also great to see new names in those training ranks Danielle O'Brien Jennifer Hatfield and so on congratulations to Talia and Jasmine yeah both were uh, there to receive their awards on uh, Saturday night and Jasmine even off the back of having a tumble at Grafton just across the border on Tuesday afternoon. But as uh, both were saying, a lovely opportunity to get all glammed up and uh, head along and and uh, uh, accept the award there. That took us into the Horse of the Year category, split into the Sprinters and Stayers. And Tycoon Thunder was the winner of the Sprinting Horse of the Year. But again, we had a, an absolute plethora of nominations there. The 14 of them included VJ Day, Wicked Wiki, Hocked, Miss Bullets, Wall Street Tycoon, Awanichi, Hard Enough, Nick the Skip, Boingo, Rather Salubrious, Tycoon Thunder, Sizzlating, Chapelco, and Agents of Fenway. Five years ago, Rob, a lot of these were just names that were going around at country races. Now a lot more of the racing community know of these names through races like Battle of the Bush, Country Stampede, and the Country Cups Challenge. Yeah, and those ones uh, are also in that list of nominees. But Tycoon Thunder uh, taking out the sprinting horse of the year. Of course, Ricky Ludwood done a great job in the far north. And I see John Mansman accepted the award with Ricky being unavailable. But Tycoon Thunder, we again reported on this horse regularly. I know Peter Rowe made a comment very early in the year that probably one of the uh, the best sprinting horses in the in the far north. Uh, he's had eight wins and a thirds. And, of course, all of this comes down to the number of points allocated for wins and placings. And Frankie Edwards in all uh, wins on in the saddle. 14 starts since coming to Ricky for nine wins and everywhere from Mount Garnet, Gordonvale, Mareeba, Oak Park, Atherton, Ewan, Cooktown and Ingham. Some, it epitomises uh, country racing with Tycoon Thunder taking that sprinting horse of the year. The uh, staying horse of the year, seven nominees there, including Bernie's Tiger, Metzen, Sizzlating, Pallet, Hocked, Doom and Van Winkle and Van Winkle uh, saluting there. Uh, Mark Oates has done a great job with him since he's come across from Richard Simpson. Uh, Julie Eggling was there to accept the award on Richard's behalf there on Saturday night. And great to see uh, Julie uh, uh, being able to attend the awards as with the uh, m many others from the Central West and great to see uh, a winner here with Van Winkle because Richard bought this horse two years ago for the Longreach Cup, ran third and became a bit of a non-winner, but then Mark has been able to transform this horse. Four wins, three seconds and two-thirds for Mark. And he's been in the last two Country Cups final in Brisbane. Not with the result they would have hoped, but when you can win a Cloncurry Cup and a Longreach Cup uh, in the one season, you're talking about a serious horse in terms of getting those distance races, Tony. Rob, we're going to run out of time this morning to be able to go through all of them, and I want to pay special tribute to the Hall of Fame inductees. So what we might do is do a special feature on the Hall of Fame on next week's edition of Bush People. We'll wrap up the uh, awards there from Saturday night. We're up to the apprentice of the year, and this had a uh, an extra special little surprise at the end of it all. There were 15 <laughs> nominees in for the apprentice of the year, including Tessa Townsend, Cody Collis, Alicia Donald, Rachel Shred, uh, Olivia Kendall, Anna Bacos, Montana Philpot, Jasmine Cornish, Isabella Rab-Jones, Angela Jones, Talia Fenlon, Emma Bell, Kristen Swafford, Dan McGilvery and Shannon Steffen. Anna Bacos ended up as the uh, Apprentice Jockey of the Year for her uh, winners through the season. 31 winners, 25 seconds and 12 thirds. And these were uh, voted on on a 3-2-1 basis for wins, uh, seconds and third placing. So it was consistency across the year riding across the countryside. Uh, but there was a very special surprise for Anna and she was still shaking some 20 minutes after all of this was handed out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I believe from left stage came Michael Schrappel with the proposal, and the answer was yes. Congratulations to you, Anna and Michael. Had a fair bit of to do with them over the uh, the year. And, of course, we've had Anna back on the, oh, on the show, and uh, remember, Tony, she was also a bit of a sprint sensation in her younger days as a student in school. Well, she didn't run away from the proposal, which is great to hear for you, Michael, because the answer was yes. Congratulations to you both. Ran in at, into them at the Country Stampede final and they were dressed to the nine, so I'm sure it was a case on the uh, on the weekend as well. And that was a lovely way to, I, I imagine, uh, receive the award uh, on the night. And it was also lovely to see Wally Wellburn surrounded by the number of the uh, female apprentices too, Tony, that he's had a lot to do with uh, over the uh, over their parts of their career. But a big congratulations, Anna Bakos and Michael Chappelle. And Anna, for your Apprentice Jockey of the Year award. The uh, Jockey of the Year, there were 14 noms. Wanderson Devilla, Brooke Richardson, Matthew Gray, Hannah Richardson, Rick McBarn, Lacey Morrison, Gemma Steele, Jason Hooper, Dan Ballard, Jeffrey Felix, John Rudd, Frank Edwards, Jason Misson and Gary Gearin. And Rick McBarm was the winner. Quite an amazing uh, calendar year that he'd had with 33 wins, 31 seconds and 25 thirds. Again, showing that consistency. And he wrapped up the Emerald meeting with that win on London Ruler. And we all know the abilities of Rick McMahon. And, of course, he's been moving. I think he was up at Cairns as well uh, for that meeting prior to this. And back down to Emerald, uh, sensational jockey and uh, base now in the Bar Calden area. We're really looking forward to Rick in the Central West. Uh, and that's a, a huge honour to win that uh, particular Jockey of the Year award sponsored by Barcord and Regional Council. And the Trainer of the Year, there were 13 nominees, including Clinton Austin, Tanya Parry, Matt Cropp, Charlie Hoffman, David Reynolds, Glenda Bell, Ricky Ludwig, David Rewald, Craig Smith, Stephen Royce, John Mansman, Todd Austin and Rodney Little. Tanya Parry was awarded Trainer of the Year. Uh, she's not only sitting second, Rob, in the Country Trainers Premiership at the moment, but I was amazed that prior to the weekend... Uh, she's sitting 16th in the Queensland Statewide tra uh, pre Trainers Premiership. Now, that's up against all of the, the southeast corner uh, top ones, Tony Golden, Chris Bunce, the Edmonds stable, uh, all of those ones. She's running 16th at the moment, so a good spot there in the top 20. 23 winners already since the 1st of August. Huge team in the northwest, and of course, uh, helps ensure racing in the northwest with the number of horses she has and the quality continuing to improve all the time. And Tanya's uh, doing a wonderful job and uh, gets out in the lead, and it's very hard to run down with the number of winners she continually uh, produces. But that stat that you just mentioned, the statewide premiership, very significant feature. Tony, we're going to hear a lot more about Tanya Parry and her team uh, based said, in the northwest. As I said, we're going to run out of time this morning, and I want to pay uh, special yes. tribute. Particularly the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the Hall of Fame. So we'll do that next week and we'll we'll go into a bit more detail. But just acknowledging there that uh, those who were inducted into the Hall of Fame on Saturday night, uh, Charlie Barbagallo was the uh, the first there into the participants category. The uh, horse category, there was uh, joint winners there where both uh, King Bermuda and Walk Cool were nominated and uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame jockey category, again, joint winners. I was so pleased to see Butch Mules and Rusty Davis both get uh, into the Hall of Fame this year. And the Hall of Fame trainer was uh, Jim Doherty. And um, we'll spend a bit more time and, and detail because they, they are worthy of uh, telling their stories. They've got some wonderful stories there. So we'll go into a lot more detail on next Tuesday's show with those Hall of Famers.
and I promise not to lose my notes between now and next Tuesday, Tony. And great to see the committee who who did a fantastic job, obviously putting it all together. It looked fantastic on social media. Didn't shy away from any joint winners that uh, were seen as deserving winners. I think you mentioned that earlier in the show. Uh, very important to give this recognition. And this is growing strength to strength because now we see this whole evening moves next year to a new venue. Yes, the announcement was made that after the uh, the first four years uh, of being staged in Emeralds, uh, the uh, Queensland Country Racing Gala Awards are on the move in uh, 2023. And next year, the Burdekin Race Club will be the other uh, host club moving to Home Hill. I've already heard a lot of chat there on Saturday evening and Sunday that uh, people are now looking at it and saying, hey, that's a good idea. We can uh, try and coincide that in with a week's holiday. We'll go up to the uh, the Sundays in the islands for the week. We'll go to the awards and then go and hit Ely Beach for a couple of days or something like that. So I think it's wonderful to be able to see it uh, getting around. That was always the plan for the awards, wasn't it, to be able to share it around the state. And combine that tourism element with the racing industry i think it's it's a great example that's going to shine through and uh, go from strength to strength and again a, a huge congratulations to the committee uh, dave ween at leading that and of course the the original uh, or the origins of the uh, awards starting from emerald four years ago with matty peters christy witherspoon done a fantastic job in building it through and i think everyone by the looks of it had a fantastic uh, night tony Rob, that's us for the week. We will catch up with everyone again next week on the show. And good luck to the clubs who are racing this week as we head off to the tab meetings Thursday at Gatton. We have Friday at Rockhampton, Saturday at Townsville and the non-tab programs coming through Saturday at Miles and Anango. Thank you for joining us for the wrap-up this week and look forward to catching up again next week. And anyone who wants to shoot me some information on country racing, just send it to barkersnews at optusnet.com.au. Yes, I do get down there and do a bit of work, uh, even though I'm still in recovery. So we'll be looking forward to Bushbeat next Tuesday. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, listeners. Thank you, Rob Luck, for joining us on Bushbeat this week. And yes, folks, we'll look at those Hall of Famers in a bit more detail. Thank you to everyone who caught up with us at the awards on Saturday night. We hope we've been able to uh, share some of that sparkle with you and look forward to catching up with you on the show again next week here on Radio Tab.